Giants head coach Brian Dayball explaining why Tyrod Taylor is getting the start for the G-Men. Welcome back to Becky Well Daily presented by BetMGM. Eddie Gross, Aaron Hawksworth here with you. Joe has the day off and the market, I think, is still trying to figure out how to handle this Tyrod Taylor news. Uh, Rams were minus four and a half point favorites on the road. It has since moved to minus five and a half. The total has gone down from 44 and a half down to 43 and a half. So, Aaron, how do you see this game playing out and what bets do you like i mean the rams have been one of the hottest teams in football right um Mm -hmm. they've won five of their last six matthew stafford is playing very well gosh four and a half i would probably just lay it with the rams minus four and a half i mean i don't know what to make of this giants team and dave (laughs) ball with that we just gotta play a good football game wow thank you for that Never heard that before. How inspiring. <laughs> I mean, it's tough. They're just shuffling around quarterbacks. So how do you know really what to expect? They have no identity on the offensive side of the ball. <clears throat> I think the Rams win big. So minus four and a half. I don't have a problem with that. They should win by at least a touchdown. How big, Aaron? How big do you think they can win this? Oh, by? is it an alt spread? You catch my drift. Are you catching my drift alt. here? Because this is my alternate spread of the week. Let's go, everybody. Rams minus seven and a half. I think they're going to demolish the G-men. The lead story here should not be about Tyrod Taylor. Not at all. And I respect him. I think he's a solid backup quarterback. And I like the consistency in terms of play design, all of that stuff. Like, that's great. The thing, though, is on the other side of the football, the Giants are not prepared for what the Rams are going to throw at them. And look, this is going to be a game that I think will be won with the passing attack, not the rushing attack, even though Kyron Williams has been great. In fact, he's been number one among all qualified running backs in terms of success rate and EPA per rush. Sean McVay has been an absolute genius in terms of those outside runs with Williams and making that work. The thing, though, is one of the reasons why it's worked so well is because Williams has been facing a lot of light boxes. The Giants really don't do that. They stack it a little bit more than most teams. I believe it's the eighth lowest rate of light boxes. And so they're going to put additional guys on the line of scrimmage to try and contain the rushing attack. So that means it's going to be about Matt Stafford throwing it to Cooper Cup throwing it to Puka Nakua. And while we have seen Stafford have bad, putrid performances where he can throw multiple interceptions in key games, I don't think Mm -hmm. this is going to be one of them. Either the Giants are going to win this thing outright because of turnovers, because this Giants defense gets a bunch of takeaways, or Stafford's going to throw for 300, 350 yards to his two favorite receivers, and both of them are going to go nuts. And so I like alt spread here to Rams minus 7.5 in large part because – This is going to be a high variance kind of a game. Rams are going to go nuts or the Giants are going to keep this super duper close and nothing in between. I don't think you can really cut it down the middle here, Paul. Glad you brought up the idea of the Giants winning outright. I do have Rams futures. So I have I have got on that in the uh, NFC some nice numbers. And I think a 70 is still out there for the Super Bowl. Just think there could be some chaos in the NFC. However, I will be on the Giants getting, I, I think it was, yeah, it's five and a half now. So I think more than a mm-hmm. field goal, I'm pretty comfortable. And maybe, honestly, at this point, you might be able to wait. It came down, but then it went back up. So maybe oh, it gets to six. five and a half? Uh, so, yeah, bad. so I, I think you could wait, uh, see see what happens on game day. Uh, look, the Kyron Williams number 
first of all, it's in the 90s, which is crazy but justified. So, like, he could absolutely have a day, and I hear the case for the Rams offense. The Giants defense is nothing to write home about. But let's just Tyrod and Darren Waller, like, are in the locker room this week. Like, dude, let's let's just go ball out and, like, you know, win this thing. But, like, at least have a game. Those two just, like, Tyrod to Waller all day. The Rams, they're not very good against tight ends. Uh, their coverage mm. grade per PFF is still in the bottom of the league, bottom five. Um, second most touchdowns allowed to tight end, seventh most yards allowed to tight end. So if you want to play the Giants money line aspect of it, again, and this is similar to the Lions conversation, you could stack something like, and Tyrod's number is very low, 197 and a half. Mm-hmm. So you're definitely getting some value. If you want to just play his prop straight up, I will be on that. I bet that last night. If you want to play 225 and a half or 250 or 225 plus, 250 plus alternate passing yards would be okay with that. And then you could stack something. If you want to play the Giants money line aspect and the, the Waller Tyrod connection, Giants money line, Tyrod 225 plus, Waller 80 plus, and a touchdown. Talk about 60 to 1. So that's the way. If you want to play the Giants money line, you might as well pick a lane and, you know, stack a couple things together. Hmm. Well, the, the Kyron Williams thing is interesting to me because, yes, it is a justifiably high number. Game script would suggest if you're backing the G-men that this would be going under, right? And I'm making the argument that the Rams could absolutely demolish the Giants and Williams still can go under this number because it'll be the passing attack because that's what the defense is giving you, but they can do it. They're, they're more than capable of doing it. Like, you know, two of the top 10 receivers in football right now belong to this Rams offense. So in that respect, I think there are multiple pass for Williams to go under his rushing prop. Does that make sense as far as looking at mult and envisioning multiple pass? And maybe that's one of the better prop plays here. I'm not interested. Yeah, go ahead. Yeah. Because of the high variance nature of it. Like if this is a Rams blowout, they're just handing the ball to them all second half. And like at that point, they the Giants might just roll over. I mean, they're not really playing for anything. And if you don't have, if you're not in the game anymore, I mean, I, I see the case. I'm not, I'm not playing over, but I'm not gonna try and go under either. Yeah. I mean, anytime Kyron Williams prop, it's so high, but he still keeps going over it. I mean, I was on it last week in my five best bets and he still (laughs) went over it by like 14 yards. So I don't have a problem with betting over it once again because he really hasn't shown us otherwise. He has been consistent. He had that one game uh, December 3rd where he had 88. But other than that, he has been over 100 yards pretty consistently. I guess against Philly, he had 53. And then the game before that, uh, 100 again. So it's he's clearing 100. Okay, fair enough. How about we move on now to the Cardinals and the Eagles? Philadelphia, 10.5-point favorites now, 11.5 at BetMGM, and it is uh, juiced a little bit at minus 115. And we have a total of 48.5. That's come down slightly from 48. Uh, the total is 48, came down from 48.5 uh, just a little bit ago. So, Aaron, when you look at these numbers and the fact that we are seeing some significant movement going in Philadelphia's direction, what do you want to bet on here? Well, I feel like I have deja vu every Friday. This is a get right spot for the Eagles. <laughs> like even if they do <laughs> win, it hasn't been, you know, super impressive. Uh maybe that's just 
who this team is now. You know, they're not the team that we saw last year. It's hard for me to trust the Eagles right now against the spread, but against the Cardinals, I think they can win. This is just such a big number. I'm really torn. I think the Eagles are just sort of limping around. I'm t- I-, I love a couple of props though. So Jalen Hurts over 242 and a half. He's gone over that eight times. The pass attempts though is where I really like it. Over 30 and a half. He's gone over that like 11 times. And then AJ Brown, another prop that I played this morning, over 79 and a half uh, receiving yards. He's gone over that nine times. And I bet those both at BetMGM had the best numbers this morning. So I'll probably just do props. This is a tough one. I think they should beat the Cardinals easily, but I feel like I'm saying this again about this Eagles team every week. And with such a big number, maybe I just stay away from the side here. It's fascinating that when you're looking at, say, the state of the Arizona Cardinals, like, isn't it time for them to kind of push the reset? But like, okay, yeah, Kyler Murray, roll him out there. It's fine. But at some point, isn't this experiment and this evaluation process just about done? You have the opportunity to push the reset button to get a rookie quarterback on a rookie deal. Don't you need to go ahead and do that? So in that respect, isn't this more about not so much winning the game, but at least like trying out different plays, you know, looking to see what you can do and not do and all that stuff. And that's what you're focusing on more if you're the Cardinals. Whereas with the Eagles, I wonder, because they haven't been running the ball all that much, and part of that's just game script. Because these games are so close, they're having to pass the ball a good bit more. And it's like they've abandoned kind of what they're known for. And that is draw plays, swift running up the middle, all of that stuff. It's just not there anymore. And so I wonder in terms of how to bet on this game, if you just assume that either the Eagles are going to continue this passing attack because that's just what they do, or because it's against the Cardinals, that it suggests that they want to try to reestablish the run one more time because they know they're going to need to have that come playoff time. That's actually a really good point because I was looking at, okay, they're playing the worst defensive team in the NFL. So what's Jalen Hurts? What's A.J. Brown going to do? A.J. Brown had a really big game last week. So I was thinking, you know, that continues. Maybe it's a little bit of both. You know, they're up so big that they just run the ball and establish the run, you know, in the second half. Mm Mm-hmm. I think the other thing, too, is if they do that approach, I think, especially against this Cardinals defense, I'm I'm not sure they can really do anything, it's probably going to be successful. So the play I probably like more than anything else is the over 48. So they can run the ball, establish the run one more time the Eagles can, and they'll be successful there. The passing attack should be fine. I think this will be a Devontae Smith game, by the way. But on the other side of the ball, I do think that Kyler Murray can be successful against this Eagles secondary, which has been a a tad putrid at times, you know, over the last several weeks. And if you look at, say, what the Eagles could do to contain Murray, it's about quick pressures, right? And taking him down and preventing him from getting outside the pocket and improvising all that good stuff. But if you look at, say, how often he succumbs to quick pressures, it's only on 12.6% of his dropbacks. And that's not a terrible number given if you look at, say, Sam Howell, for instance, his quick pressure rate is 18%. 
so there is a significant difference there. And I do think that despite having some real respect for this Eagles front, I think Kyler Murray can do just enough with a quick game and his mobility to be able to get past that and sort of force this Eagles secondary to make plays. And I'm not sure they're going to. There are probably going to be some targets for the Cardinals who we haven't talked about much at all this year who will probably step up big. And so I'm expecting a higher scoring game here, much higher than the 48 I'm seeing. I don't have much here. I mean, it's worth mentioning Jonathan Gannon used to run this defense in Philly. I mean, that's not a, that's not going to get me to the window on Arizona at 11 and a half or anything like that. But uh, Kyler's been kind of sick this week. A.J. Brown apparently is kind of upset, or at least not talking to the media. There's just a lot. Of, and Philly, like, after just being back there, they're kind of like, yeah, cool, we got a win over the Giants, but kind of want the gift receipt for that win, and they're not happy at all about it. So I – I don't have anything really on on either side. I was like so swift, maybe over 15 and a half attempts. If that's kind of the game script they're going to go with, like that could be a play, I think, there. But that's pretty much it. No Boston Scott props for you, Paul? No, I'm, I'm a Gainwell guy. I, that's my Eagles. Oh, I'm a Kenny oh, Gainwell guy. Oh. So will I play first and last touchdown? Yeah, Gainwell last touchdown? Of course, I have to. Okay, that's fair. That's fair. Okay, next up, we've got the 49ers and the Commanders. Washington, 13-point dogs at home with a total of 49 and a half. Aaron, why don't you go bash the Commanders for a little while? Why don't you? Well, they're finally playing Jacoby Brissett, right? So I guess they waited a little uh, while damn to time. do that. I know. he. I've thought since training camp he was the better quarterback, and I even heard that from some people on the team, but... Hey, I guess it goes to show why Ron Rivera is probably going to be fired. This is a nice bounce back spot. You get destroyed by the Ravens. The Niners need to play the commanders right now. Uh, We all agreed. I think, you know, as a part of our reaction that like the Niners aren't that bad, even though they lost, that was a tough matchup for them against the Ravens. And now they get, you know, the corny get right spot here against the commanders. So maybe this is an IU game. Kittle looks like Trent Williams. He practiced. So I'm not too worried about the Niners in this situation. I'd be looking at the prop side and yeah, they should destroy the commanders. You remember the uh, character from old school, I think uh, portrayed by Andy Dick, uh, who's saying, you know, like, who's tanking? Who's tanking? It's kind of that feel, right? Like, we know a couple of teams in the NFL are definitely, you know, not trying to win their games. And I think Washington is safely one of them. That's why the spread is so enormous. And I think the 49ers can cover it here. Like, what is it about this Washington pass defense that makes you confident that they can contain Brock Purdy? Absolutely nothing. What is it about, you know, Jacoby Brissett, you know, who can be good at times and spots? What makes you confident he can keep up with CMC and company? Absolutely nothing. I think the 49ers can absolutely roll in this one and not have any problem whatsoever. Tanking for Caleb. That's what the word is here in Washington. (laughs) Very nice. This is BetQL Daily presented by BetMGM. Coming up next, the Bucks are in the driver's seat in the NFC South. Saints-Falcons. They are still alive somehow. Our favorite plays for Saints, Bucks, and Falcons, Bears right here on the BetQL Network.